pushing buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny episode 308. Today I'm going to chat with Noel Best and Justin Graves from True Caliber, discuss developments on the Brace Battle, highlight new red dots from Trigicon, and talk about an affordable property in Georgetown that's too good to be true. I'm your host, Ava Flanell. Noel, Justin, how are you guys doing today? Good. Oh, we're happy to be here. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. I mean, after we just spent like the last 30 minutes talking about plants and cleaning products and appliances and like, that's how you know, like we're adulting, right? Like yeah, when we get excited. Riveting. <laughs> New vacuums and such. <laughs> All right. So before we start talking about True Caliber, taking a quick break, talking about BSF barrels. I just finally switched out the barrels on my AR-10s and just spent the last two days actually shooting those. And what a difference it makes just with the barrel, but also the muzzle brake. But in addition to that, I don't know if you guys knew this, but they also make bolt carrier groups as well. They have BCGs for both AR-15s and AR-10s in either black nitride or nickel boron finishes to choose from. In the AR-15, you can get them for the standard 556-300 blackout, as well as 6.5 Grendel and 9mm, ranging from $169 to $189, depending on the finish, which is pretty good for a quality BCG. And then in the AR-10 platform, they range from $189 to $229, which again, still pretty competitive for an AR-10 BCG. Check them out. Don't forget to use the code ELITE15, all one word, E-L-I-T-E-1-5, and that's getting you 15% off at bsfbarrels.com. Learn the things you never knew on Deconstructing the Industry. All right. So guys, Justin, I think I've had you on the show before, right? To talk about your whiskey. Yeah. And I can't remember if it was this podcast or if it was a different one, but you definitely did. We talked some whiskey talk there. Oh yeah. I think it was a different, yeah. Cause I was like, well, that's weird that I would have brought you on to talk about whiskey, but you know, whiskey guns, like they seem to go well yeah. together. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. But Noel, actually, I don't think I've ever even met you in person. Um, so I'm kind of excited to hear a little bit more about your background and how you got into the firearms industry. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it kind of came about randomly. Actually, I started working for a company called Copper Custom in uh, Indiana, back home where I grew up and kind of just thrived from there. I felt like, I don't know, it was a little bit more of a new realm for me. My family wasn't really into, they weren't against guns, but there was like hunting, but there wasn't like recreational shooting, like going out to the range and all of that. So it was kind of a new environment for me and I loved it. So I was with them for quite a few years and then kind of just expanded in that. I figured you were going to be like, well, one day I joined Tinder and <laughs> found Matt Best. Oh and then gosh. that's how I, you know, stumbled upon the gun industry. <laughs> right. It's funny. Cause like, I think I would do more shooting a little bit more stuff with guns before I met my husband. So it was just kind of interesting how it worked out that way, but that's actually where I met Justin. So 
That's oh, kind of nice. cool. Yeah. We're like a deck of friendship over here almost. Oh, dang. So how did you guys meet? <laughs> yeah, that's a, what is it? Uh, what did you, what company did you work for at the time, Justin? That, that was two-way armament. Oh, uh, it's, it's been a while, but yeah, she was working at Copper Custom. I was working at 2A. I reached out to see if we could sell, move some rifles through Copper Custom and she was the contact. So we just kept in touch and became friends after that. So Heck nice. yeah, that was back when it was like hard to get like certain stuff and hard to get certain magazines and all that. So it was good. To I, have I remember a funny story really quick. I, I remember one time, Noel, like, and this is way back then. I just got my CZ Scorpion. I was super excited to get it. Yeah. And I wanted 30 round mags and I couldn't find them anywhere. Nobody online had them. And you guys got some at Copper Custom and you're the only place that sent me some 30 round mags. So I was, mm-hmm. I was pretty sweet of you. So uh-huh. <laughs> you got it. I still have those. You know, <laughs> a lot of it is like, you know, kind of like the relationships that you make. And because I know, like, I remember when I used to sell guns at gun shows and stuff, I had just a really good relationship with a lot of my reps at, you know, certain distributors. So a lot of them would be like, hey, I just got these allocations. What do you want? And they'd give me first dibs. It really is like all about who you know. And and sometimes, you know, sometimes I mean the size of the store and how much you spend, but not always because I was definitely very small back then. Um, Yeah, I feel like it's like personality based a little bit because you just click with some people and you meet so many people that you're yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. There's obviously those people that would come in and spend a bunch of money, but they could be, you know, total drinks. They could be, yeah, I was going to say they could be that or yeah, it's just interesting. I feel like that's what shot show used to be a little bit too, where yeah. like all these people you'd communicate with and sell to or buy from, and you'd like meet them face to face and be like, Oh my God, we've been emailing for years. This is so crazy. Right. Yeah, I know. I get it. It's always kind of interesting to like put an actual face to the name. Um, And then Justin, just kind of given a little rundown of your background for because I guess, yeah, I think it was on a different podcast that you told me about yourself. So just kind of give me a quick rundown of what you've done in the gun industry and how you got started. Yeah, so it's it's been a long journey and multiple companies, but um, I started with Odinworks kind of way back in the day. And uh, did about two years there of just inside sales, kind of did more account management, ship and receiving supervisor, that kind of stuff. And then uh, moved over to two-way armament and there's a national sales manager there. And that's where kind of this whole thing came about. Even the idea for True Caliber came about was was back then and nothing was happening with it, uh, happened with it back then. But then it kind of, you know, went on and moved on as I grew with the industry, but spent some time at Nemo Arms a little bit, did some sales management there. And then uh, Caracal USA before I decided to jump out and do the, my own thing. And uh, luckily having partners with Chris and, and Noel have really helped get this thing off the ground and going and using their expertise. But yeah, that's, I, I grew up hunting. I grew up fishing, everything outdoors. Uh, we did all sorts of shooting and uh, anything you can think of with shooting recreation. So it's just kind of been in the family for a while. So I'm, I'm happy to keep it going now. Cool. And what made you guys decide like, hey, we're going to get together and we are going to create a company that sells AR parts? Yeah, I think it it all started like back when I was selling, you know, other parts and we'd had customers say, hey, can you do this or can you make this or can you use this material? And, uh, you know, the companies that I, I worked for and sold for, they were already doing their own you know stuff and being successful at that. So they didn't want to branch out too much and, you know, kind of keeping that alive with these these customers and becoming friends with them and the buyers um 
you got to a point where if we just did it ourselves, would you be interested in buying it? And everybody said, yeah. So that's what started the whole thing. And luckily with Chris's knowledge, so Chris is the other partner. He's an, uh, an engineer. Um, he's worked for Odenworks on Bowtech, um, among other things, but he designs the parts and comes out with some cool ideas. And then luckily with Noel's marketing guru magic, you know, getting it off the ground and social media and kind of getting the name out there. But it's still it's still super young, so it's kind of fun to see. We're still in the infancy stages and we're still growing, um, but it's kind of fun to see where it's at now. But yeah, I mean, no, I don't know if you want to add any more to that, but that's kind of the beginnings of it. Yeah. No, I think it's fun because we we talked about doing something for a little while there, and then I feel like it was like the right time and place, and having USA made parts and all of that was just kind of a must, and it made sense. And then I think Chris was chomping at the bits to kind of change some things and make things evolve and be a little better. So it's just kind of cool to see it come together. Mm-hmm, definitely. And Justin, why did they like bring you on? Like, what is it that you do? I'm like, so Noel's marketing, Chris is, you know, sounds like the brains, he designs it. And then I'm just kind of wondering like what they were thinking with uh, Justin. Yeah, no, I'm just a pretty face <laughs> of the company. The <laughs> Somebody's got to do it. No, no, my background's like business development. So, you know, sales and marketing, but mainly on the sales side. So uh, distribution, big box stores, all, all that good stuff, dealer direct. So I set up accounts and manage that and then do the behind the scenes books and certifications and all that paperwork crap that, you know, is important when you come and have a business. So, yeah, I feel like over time, like Justin's just like met so many people too and made such good relationship because he's just like happy and friendly all the time. So it's also like super helpful in the industry that, you know, yeah, you as a person, if you, you can get out and talk to people, it, it, it's like such a game changer. Absolutely. And like, like we said, it's all about the connections, right? Mm-hmm. So if you've already made those connections and relationships and you're like, Hey guys, what do you think about carrying our product? And they're like, hell yeah, we'll help you out. You know? And, and that's kind of like your foot in the door. So that's cool. I'm looking, I'm on your website right now. And it's so funny. I do have to laugh because I always thought that it was true Calibre because it's spelled T-R-U-C-A-L-I-B-R-E. And I thought it was like Mexican, like, yeah, pasta, you know, Corona with the true. Oh my gosh. Have you guys ever seen, I'm assuming some people have, but uh, The Office, it kind of reminds me of where they made like a whole song and it was like pronounced wrong and then it was super awkward. Yes. (laughs) And and I'm so glad that I asked you guys, I was like, okay, so it's true Calibre, right? True Calibre. And and then there was like crickets and it's like, no, it's true Calibre. And I was like, okay, well, I'm really glad that we set the... You know, the record straight before we start recording. Can you imagine if I just recorded the entire show calling it True Calibre and then you guys are like, well, True Calibre and I didn't catch on. We just don't say anything. We're just <laughs> like, you know what? This is, this is it. Well, it sounds actually, like a tequila brand. It. Yeah, that would <laughs> what's, actually be What's funny is. Yeah, tequila. Mm. It's funny because like when I talk to certain customers on the phone, like when they're trying to look up the website instead of me just spelling it out, I will say True Calibre and like, oh, it's R-E, not E-R. Okay. Like, yeah. I still mess that up to this day. Like I need to get my shit together. <laughs> so let's talk about some of the products that you guys offer. And I love, by the way, that it is US made, especially because I feel like if, you know, if COVID didn't teach us like anything, you know, 2020, it's so great not to rely on outside suppliers because that like, I mean, that was the cause of a lot of issues within the gun industry is like people just, they couldn't replenish their products because they couldn't get it from overseas. Oh yeah, everything was sitting on boats. They couldn't get anything done. Yeah. God. 
Um, yeah, so, so that was kind of a big reason for us to like make manufacturing all in the states. Obviously, it's super important with you know many buyers and many uh, consumers in this industry. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we we definitely wanted to stress that uh, you know everything we touch is uh, as best to our ability is made in America. But all of our parts uh, are for sure um, made by our facilities. So yeah, kind of diving into what we offer, we do have like mainly the, the enhanced AR-15 components just to upgrade an AR-15 or to start building an AR-15. Um, anywhere from trigger guards to mag buttons, bolt catches, in plates, um, safety selectors. And then we do have some new stuff coming out that isn't on the website yet. And then colors. So everything on the website right now, I think is just black. We have some pictures being done right now that are we're coming out with red, blue, FDE, OD green, and actually white. And it's all Cerakote is what we're doing I with those ones. I love the white. The white is so cool. Yeah, I would actually, I think white accents would actually look really cool. As soon as you said white, I was like imagining white accents and like that would look cool yeah it's like a modern minimalist look but it's so clean like not full stormtrooper but yeah super it's super fun so how would you say that you guys what like separates your parts from the regular everyday companies that you would see that sell similar parts yeah i think when it comes to quality and stuff like we try to be up there with the best of them price point we look at you know anywhere from like the 2a parts to battle arms v7 those guys we do have a lifetime warranty on anything and it's kind of a no ask warranty so if you get it you don't like it for some reason we'll help you out we'll, we'll take care of it for you so that, that's one thing that makes us definitely part we do have a couple of things right now that are in the works that we're not quite ready to publicly announce um, that's definitely going to be a differentiator for us the other thing too that i think is kind of unique with our company is you know the personality behind the company we get the three of us together we're all so different mm-hmm. and we come together and make this company work but it's it's really a kind of a big marketing platform almost like a lifestyle platform that we're creating there's some cool stuff we're doing now with dealers it's just in the works right now but to, to help promote the product um utilizing noelle a little bit and her image and her uh, likeness um to kind of push that a little bit but we, we want to try to bring like are you familiar with like a uh, retro rifle, like the shirts, mm-hmm. like super colorful? Yeah. We kind of want to bring that into it a little bit. You know, this, I think this industry has been stagnant for so long where it's, you know, we, we always make fun of the NRA being like the old folks, like the old man's game, like you kind of have to be part of the club. You know, we want to make the new age two way, you know, users and supporters out there a part of it as well and kind of bring the color to it and personality a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes I think it's like the, what is it? Um, if it's not broken, you don't need to fix it, but there are some things that have definitely needed to be fixed and, you know, changed a little bit, but there's a lot of companies that are really stuck in their ways. So it's like, how can we make it better, more reliable? How can we change up some colors, make it interesting, do all that, but also make it available, which is the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So many, yeah. So many places were on such back order and then people doing builds, they couldn't even sell if they had 99% of it and they just had one little part, they couldn't get like, you're screwed. Absolutely. I know. And that's what a lot of people were doing in the last couple of years. They're stuck in their house. And they're like, all right, time to grab that box of AR-15 parts that I have and make a Frankenstein gun. And then like, yeah, that happened to me where I was like missing a few parts. And I'm like, it's literally <laughs> sold out everywhere because everyone else had the same idea. So, yeah. And then you have to be like a drug dealer to find something. Yes. You're like, <laughs> you know a guy and you're like, do they have it? You're Tell like, them. Oh my God. Tell them I'll pay double. (laughs) I know. Yeah. You're like, I need it. I really need it. Just just finish this. Yeah. I'm going to take a quick break. Talk about gators.
you guys have any experience with Gator's Eye Pro by chance? I don't. Unfortunately not, no. So they're they're really cool. I was introduced to them. I guess it's been now a little over a year ago. And at first, just looking at it, I was just like, oh, they look like guy glasses. But they actually fit like... I have not seen them not look good on it. Like they are made to, so you can, you know, kind of mess around with like the nose piece, push it up, like lift it up. So if you want it higher on your face, um, maybe you have like a wider head or a smaller head, you can do that because like the frames are aluminum. So you can kind of like bend them a certain way, but it's kind of nice because once you bend it, it like stays, they're not flimsy at all. But then best of all, so they have like all these different frames, all these color of lenses, perfect for like you know if you're shooting indoors low light or outdoors and then on top of that it's also like highly rated ballistically where it can take i forget what it was it was like quite the impact so if you're thinking you know like shrapnel or something let's say you're shooting steel targets and it just so happens that that steel target like finally is like at the end of its life term you know, you don't want your eyes exposed to that or like even casings and stuff like that. So it's really great for your, your eyes, but then also it looks cool. And I wear mine like every day, not just on the range because they just have like a really cool look to them. If you guys want to check it out, don't forget to use the URL gators.com forward slash Ava. By using that URL, you're going to get 15% off and again, that's Gators, G-A-T-O-R-Z.com forward slash A-V-A. I'm going to have to check that out because, yeah, I've had some. Well, I had a cool ulcer actually from a range day once having a, a piece of metal go under my contact and I had to live in the dark for like a week with antibiotic eye drops. It was awful. Oh, my gosh. That sounds. Yeah, that sounds horrible. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. So like a piece of a piece of metal while you were shooting like got stuck. Um, Yeah. And and then I had contacts at the time and it went under it and I guess it just cut my eye. So I went to the eye doctor and I couldn't even keep my eye open. It was awful. So every three hours, eye drops, even waking up in the middle of the night and any form of light, even just from your phone or like an alarm clock would burn. It was awful. I was like, never again. Wow. So I'm sure (laughs) that you've gotten like pretty picky as to your eyewear and stuff, making sure that that oh, yeah, happen. I'm safe. I'm like, Mm-mm. I had eyewear on, so I don't even know how it happened, but it had happened. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. How did it get under your contacts? I don't know. It's like the same question of you have a hoodie on that's tight around the neck and you still get a hot piece of brass down your shirt. You're like, what? Yeah. yeah. So it's just, it just happens. I don't know. It happens. Yep. <laughs> Is there any plans to expand or maybe like start, you know, selling like full guns or any other platforms? Yeah, I think short term, we do have a few things we're working on to expand kind of our inventory and broaden our inventory and our product line. I don't know, like just to answer the question on full guns, I'm not sure if we'll go down that road yet. Mm -hmm. We do have some designs that Chris has been working on that are kind of cool um, to make it something again, a little bit different than what's out there right now. I do think that, you know, there's a couple, actually there's a company right now we're in talks with to uh, see if we can acquire them. And it's kind of, it's still the same industry, but it's a different product line. Mm-hmm. And I think that'd be kind of fun to jump into something like that. And, you know, I don't, I don't want to publicly say it yet just because we're still in the middle of negotiations on price and all that, but that'll be pretty fun if we can launch that and get it out there. And again, let Noelle work her marketing magic and get the name out there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's definitely plans to keep growing and we have some shotgun and pistol parts that we're working on right now as well that will be out here pretty soon. Oh, nice. 
Very cool. And how long has the company been around? I want to say it's like, hasn't it only been like a year if that? Yeah, like officially, it's like two and a half years old officially, but like actually selling online, that kind of stuff. It's yeah, about a year and a half. And do you guys do most of your sales online or are there dealers as well? Yeah, both. So, I mean, website sales is, is a main one. Um, we also have some larger online guys like Optics Planet, Primary Arms, okay. you know, Rainier Arms, Wing Tactical, they sell it. And then, yeah, there's some dealers kind of scattered throughout the, the country that, uh, that carry it as well. Mm-hmm. And what are, where's like the, I'm assuming you guys probably don't have a store, right? It's like a warehouse or something like where you guys do shipping from. Correct. Yeah. It's kind of funny. So we're looking at getting a new place right now, just because we sublease from the distillery actually of uh, some you know, the office space there that we do all the distribution out of and uh, assembly and everything. Oh, cool. So people, if they, you know, if they want to stop by, they're sipping on whiskey. Oh, wait, actually, I forget. I'm trying to like think back because this is well, but you said that there's like a small little bar, right? In the distillery that you have. Yeah, It's like a small tasting room. Yeah. It's tiny, but it's, it's like a little bar that's in there. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I'm trying to get them to move to Texas. Right. So it'd make it so much easier. I know. Everybody loves their whiskey and guns. Let's yeah. Go. Although I don't know, you might have a hard time selling Justin on Texas right now since you guys are like having the, you know, the heat wave. Yeah. Which yeah. where where in Texas are you? I'm in San Antonio. So it is stupid hot here right now. Yeah. Um I think it was like hundred and three yesterday. We're like, oh my God, please give us a break. Like right. we get it, Texas. Yeah. You're hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you got, right you got now. heat and you got armadillos. I know. Yeah. I'll just when it's winter, I'll have him come up here and I'll be like, look how nice it is. Right. Yeah. Just don't, yeah, don't get him over there like now. He'll be like, hell no, I'm not moving. But like in winter when he's getting snow, you're gonna be like, Well, we don't really have that here. I mean, it's like really rare. And you know, right. look how like you could shoot outside and you know, not have I to know. wear a jacket. No. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. It's actually like record high. Like, uh, I've lived here like almost five years now and I have never had a summer last this long, this hot, and it's just barely August. So I'm very scared. Yeah, I know. It is kind of crazy what's going on. All right. Taking another quick break. Talk about Mantis. Do you guys have any experience with Mantis by chance? Mm-hmm. Sounds familiar then. Okay. So Mantis is a dry firing system, although with the X10, you could also take it on the range and use it for live fire. But I was just using it the other day, practicing changing out mags. And I posted a video on my Instagram. And then it's kind of cool because like, so you have your arms out, like you're going to shoot. As soon as you hear that beep that goes off, you have to change your mags out real quick and then press the trigger. And then it gives you like a grade. I have it set up where it's audible. You could hear it to get that feedback, but you could always have that shut off if you want. But I always want to know, like, how do I do or how I'm doing? And it was interesting, too, because like I recorded myself doing it. And, you know, like when you're shooting pistol and you eject the magazine and then you insert another magazine and you naturally want to rack that slide back and reload But sometimes, I mean, in this case, because you're dry firing, your slide wasn't locked back. So I'd catch myself pulling the slide back to, you know, and then it'd get stuck. But it was kind of a reminder to just sort of look at your gun and not get into the habit. Because sometimes people do reload even when, you know, maybe they're just like, hey, I know I had five rounds left. I just shot four. 
maybe you have one left in there. So you want to eject that magazine, load a fresh magazine. You still have that round left in the chamber and then you could shoot that last round. So it was kind of like a way for me to remember, like, just look at your gun and don't go by muscle memory, which is really hard to break out of. But yeah, it really was a good training mechanism then. Yeah, it is. Like there's so many different drills on there. There's drawing from your holster, like all kinds of stuff that you can really improve on that you can't typically usually do at most public ranges. So if you guys want to check it out, head on over to mantisx.com. Noel, before the show started, I was talking to Justin and he wanted me to ask you about your ghost hunting stories. Oh my gosh. Yes. So last time Justin was out here, um, we did a little ghost hunting tour and it was every, I mean, money well spent for sure. We had a, a private guy come and show us the ropes. And I think, yeah, I think we broke a lot of rules going everywhere we did, but it was pretty haunted. So we I didn't had even know that. Lot. Yeah. There's some old hotels that were used, um, during like the Alamo and they were hospitals back in the day during like the wars and it's crazy. So, I mean, we built on some, some graves for sure. So, so wait, so, okay. So this guy comes out and like, what does he tell you? Does he like show you like, okay, so this is how you look for ghosts or this is where, you know, haunted places are like, what well, did you do? <laughs> it started. So there's a really cool bar in the town I live in and the bartender actually told us about his friend that does ghost hunting tours and keeps it real, all that. It's no fluff. And his name, I think, was like Enzo, which is skeptical. Enzi, Enzi. There we go. Hmm. I've so, never heard that little, name before. Yeah, a little skeptical at first. We're like, okay. Let's <laughs> but then we got there. We started at the Alamo. And the amount of information this guy had was crazy. Like even going into hotels where people were murdered or some crazy stuff happened they actually removed their rooms and you can see like the seams and the numbers jump and so we were getting fully into it we're like okay like when you start believing someone and then he's got stuff to back it up and then proof you're like okay tell me. yeah it was pretty gnarly i think we scared some people that were staying at the hotels though well it was kind of funny too because his his i don't know if it's his company or he just does it on his own but it's almost like a bar hop type thing too like he'll go to these old bars and tell us stories and we'll get a drink at this oh, hotel yeah, bar. roosevelt bar that one's yeah. haunted so we went there because of president roosevelt and then so yeah he had a bunch of stuff there but yeah of course along the way you're like having drinks so then you're just like really invested yeah they're like have anybody go upstairs and he like looks away we ran upstairs we're like we're gonna see it but, <laughs> i did something yeah. similar to that in georgia it was a bar crawl for like ghost thing i don't know but yeah so we all ended up getting trashed but there was like one girl because you're with all these strangers and there's mm -hmm. these this one girl who's with her husband and then her husband's friend and she kept saying like he's gay he's a closet gay and then i was trying to hook up my one of my friends who's in the industry i won't say his name mm -hmm. and i was like he's a closet gay too we should hook them up <laughs> <laughs> and he wasn't he was straight but we're all trash and he's like you better quit saying that i'm and i'm like he's just getting mad because you know he's kind of in denial but like and so she's like yeah just come on out it's okay we don't care um oh but yeah we were like super trash by the end because we go to so many different bars and then you could also i'm trying to think were we able to carry our drinks where we were going but we were already kind of liquored up before we even got there and then 
But some of it, like, especially when you're kind of drunk too, you're kind of like, like, I remember we went to one area where it was like, you know, the moss grows on all these trees and it hangs down. It looks all scary. But he's like, but in this area, there's no moss on trees. And you look up and you're like, yeah, you're right. What the hell? Why is there no moss on the trees? And <laughs> yeah, you just start like, getting freaked out. Drunk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we had so many people because it's the military city and they'd be walking down from the hotel and they'd be like, what are you guys doing? And we're like, we're ghost hunting. And they'd be like, oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think we went to one bar and then it was a haunted hotel as well. I can't remember what hotel it was, but it was the sixth floor that we needed to get on and we didn't have access to it. You needed a card, all that, but we were talking about it and there was a guy staying there and he overheard and he was like, oh my God, I'm on the sixth floor. So <laughs> he went up there with us and I felt so bad because we were telling him all this stuff. He's like, oh my God. And there was like the... <laughs> What was it? The the exit was like right next to his room. And apparently that's where like somebody threw like a body bag out oh and we're getting all invested. And then our guy was like, we got to go. And we're like, all right, see ya. And he's like, oh my God, I got to go back to my room alone now. <laughs> well, it's funny next too with him. Like he reached out to us the next day. He found us on Instagram. Yeah. And reached out to us to say, oh, just so you guys know, I survived the night. Like I'm okay. Uh, all my limbs are intact. Everything's good. I used the... <laughs> The exit, nothing happened. We're good. And I was like, cool, cool. Glad you made it. Is that the, is that the Minger Hotel? Uh, no, he wasn't at that one. It was a different one. But All the right. Minger Hotel is where we started, which is a super cool hotel. I mean, unfortunately, a lot of people have died there. It's very sad. Isn't that crazy? That's yeah. yeah, you never know what happens in some of these hotels. All right. Getting back onto True Caliber. So if anybody wants to check out your products, you guys were nice enough to give us a code, which is PewHaHa20, all one word. PewHaHa20. Yeah, I'm thinking. Yeah. So it's it's gun funny. So gun pew funny haha and then 20 for 20 percent okay justin you don't have to justify where you came up with your you know listen i'm the creative one here i was like justin oh my gosh i was literally i was like this is why noel does the marketing justin it's fine a hundred percent that's right (laughs) all right so pew haha 20 that gets you 20 percent off and then guys what is your website and then also if anybody wants to follow you guys on social media what is true caliber's uh social media handles as well as your guys's social media handles Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the website uh, just truecaliber.com and it's T R U C A L I B R E truecalibre.com. <laughs> um that's the best place to find and then our Instagram and Facebook is just at truecaliber all one word for uh the company. And then Noel, your socials. Yay, just my name. That's pretty easy. A little bit. <laughs> Keep it simple. But yeah, Justin, what's yours? I can't remember. Uh, it's the Justin Graves. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right, cool. All right, well, moving on with the rest of the show, IWI. If you guys are wanting a cool shotgun that's going to turn heads, definitely check out the TS-12. The TS-12 is only 28.3 inches long overall with a full 18.5 inch barrel thanks to the bullpup design. One of the coolest things about it is the three tube rotating magazine. Each tube can hold four three inch shells or five two to three fourths shells. Uh, They have a full length top rail for optics and M-lock slots for accessories on the sides. You can get it in FDE or OG green as well as black. 
I have the black one, but like, I really want the FDE. So I'm like, man, do I buy another one or maybe try to, you know, sell mine and try? I don't know. We'll see. But I really want the FDE one. They also have a two position gas regulator and they take Benelli chokes, which also means that you could suppress it. Head on over to IWI.us. This is called the TS-12. But in addition to that, remember to look at their web store because if you find anything in their web store other than guns uh, that you want to buy, if you use the code GUNFUNNY15, all one word, you're going to get 15% off. And again, that is IWI.us. Politics. What is going on in the world today? It's political AF. Today in politics. So have any of you guys been following the brace rule? Yes. Yeah. Back I mean, it's like, forth. I know it's kind of, it's hard to follow though with all the different, because there's so many different lawsuits about it, like regarding it. Um, and I feel like every day it's, it's different. You're like, okay, we're on this track. And then you're like, wait, what happened? Yeah. Like, okay. I know. And then on top of that, like kind of going back to back, like is also the receiver role and I'm just like, I can't even keep up with this. But on Tuesday, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals ruled in the Mock versus Garland case that the plaintiffs are likely to win on the merits of the case challenging the ATF's pistol brace rule. The appeals court remanded the lawsuit back to the district court with instructions to reconsider the other preliminary injunction factors within 60 days. Judge Smith wrote in the opinion The ATF incorrectly maintains that the final rule is merely interpretive, not legislative, and thus not subject to the logical outgrow test. The final rule affects individual rights, speaks with the force of law, and significantly implicates private interests. Thus, it is legislative in character. Then, because the final rule bears almost no resemblance in manner of kind to the proposed rule the final rule fails the logical outgrown test and violates the apa which i'm like who talks like that and then we've <laughs> arrived to now <laughs> right we're uh, like i love logic's brought in well, yeah the logic basically what that boils down to is the appeals court believes that the rule is in violation of the rule and will be struck down when the case is finally heard merely on the claims of the APA, which stands for Administrative Procedures Act, by the way, violation that the ATF went beyond their interpretive authority and unsurped the legislative authority of Congress. The APA, if you don't know, is the law that defines the rulemaking process of executive agencies, must be followed and strictly forbids them from creating new laws, which is what the ATF is trying to do. Mm-hmm. Basically, what this boils down, so as an FPC, Firearms Policy Coalition member, you're still covered under the preliminary injunction. This was their lawsuit because I asked my editor, I was like, okay, but also what about Governors of America and Second Amendment Foundation members? You guys are also still covered. But again, it's like there's so many gray areas because I'm an FPC member. So does that mean I can go out like waving around my braces, my AR, you know? I mean, I'm not because I don't need anybody to make an example of me, but so freaking confusing. Yeah, it's like, make it make sense, please. I know. Well, and I think just with any law, they make it really complicated and use verbiage that like isn't really that the typical individual is not going to understand. And that's why it's just... Oh, there's some wild laws out there that I found out when we were selling 
body armor at uh, Copper Custom. I would look up laws in different states before we'd send them, make sure it was okay. And it had, they had the weirdest verbiage for things like in, I think it was Kentucky was, it is illegal to wear body armor while committing a crime. And I'm like, okay, but I don't think you really care at that point. Yeah, no kidding. But <laughs> just like the way they word it, you're like, well, that sounds dumb. Yeah, I'm because like, oh. I'm sure this criminal's like, oh, it's illegal. I shouldn't do this. Yeah. I can't rob a bank and wear body armor. Damn. Yeah, it. I'm capped out at two crimes. Today. <laughs> yeah. You just got to pick one. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, is it worth it? I mean, it's an, you know, an extra count when it comes to like that. But at the end of the day, when you're looking it up, you're like, really? Like, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. But you really got to say it like that? I don't know. Well, everyone was, you know, I've I read some of the comments. I think it was like on Instagram or Twitter or something like that. And people are like, cool, what's next? And somebody's like, probably body armor. They're going to come after body armor next. It's just so dumb. Some of the things that they like pick and choose. And it's like, at the end of the day, the ATF is here to keep, you know, guns out of the hands of criminals and like not create criminals. And that's what they just continue to do. But essentially, we'll be seeing results of this within 60 days. But this is actually a pretty good win. And I do think that you know, if this is a win that it's going to kind of pave the road for all of these other lawsuits. So hopefully, fingers crossed, everything works out. But until then, I guess just keep your guys's. I mean, for us, I would say like I personally don't show them off for any of my guns because, again, I don't want to be made an example of. But oh, wow. if I was just like a regular person that nobody knew about, I'd still be shooting my guns with my braces on. <laughs> yeah. So. Yep. so- Random question. <clears throat> and it says that, you know, FPC members and the Gun Owners of America, Second Amendment Foundation members, if you're just some Joe Blow on the side of the street that, you know, buys it from his buddy or whatever and has a brace, uh, but he's not a member of anything, is he not protected under this? Yeah, he's not. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So, Justin, yeah. if you're asking for your friend, <clears throat> Justin. Yeah, ask, asking uh, for a friend. <laughs> No, but it's, I mean, again, but we're like, you have to go back and think like, well, what are we being protected against? You know, I mean, do we fall into this lawsuit? Are we granted, you know, immunity at this point? I mean, there's still, there's so many gray areas that, like I said, even though I'm an FPC member, it doesn't mean I'm going to go out there flagging around my AR pistol with my brace. And like, so it's, I don't know really how much we really are gaining from being members, because either way, I don't think anybody should. I think right now we just got to keep it under the wraps because no way in hell was I going to like register and like make it an SBR. That's just dumb. Right. I was not doing that. So it's like I all have to jump through and then they take it back and you're like, well, oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. And now they know exactly what you have. And and if people are thinking right now, like, oh, well, don't they already know what you have? Not really. I mean, I know here in Colorado, like in most states, guns aren't necessarily registered to you. When you fill out a background check, they just know if, if you're buying a handgun, a long gun, or an other, such as like a lower or, you know, something that isn't defined as like a typical gun. Yeah. But generally only, it's like a like a breadcrumb trail, but yeah, there are but, some parts and Yeah, but it can only be like traced back so far, you know? Yeah. I mean Yeah, it's I don't know. Anyways, don't get me, don't get me wrapped up into politics. And I just, like I said, I'm already having a shitty day because my freaking tree in the front died, which listeners, if you haven't, you know, heard, (laughs) I'm so mad because I spent like $600 on the stupid tree, $300 to freaking plant it. 
and I've not even had it two weeks and it's already dying. And I'm like, I called the nursery and I was like, my plant's already dying and I have like an irrigation system. So it's not like it's not being watered. And they're like, well, you know, we'll give you 50% off, uh, 50% refund. That's their thing. I'm like, stupid. Yeah. I think I'm going to have to do that. I'm just gonna put everything in a bucket and be like, and then you're going to walk, you're going to walk the like plant of shame, like going back. Cause you know how like Lowe's (laughs) and Home Depot, they will cover the plant like up to a year. And I have taken some plants back. But I always feel like, you know, like a horrible plant mom when I'm just like, yeah, cool. Look at me. I'm the shitty gardener. <laughs> and you have these like crispy plants that are like really hard to identify. <laughs> the way the world is under a heat lamp right now, back up. <laughs> yeah. like, there's not enough Lowe's... water to keep alive, okay? <laughs> right. What do you think Lowe's does with those? Like when someone returns a dead tree or something? Uh, I mean, I always kind of wonder that I'm like, why can't we just take a stupid picture? Why do we have to? And I think that's kind of a deterrent is because I did plant these like trees, these, uh, I don't know, maybe they were like fir trees or something. They were so like, they were just little pains in the asses and all of them dried up and they look like crap. And there was eight of them and they're like maybe four foot tall. So I had my boyfriend at the time, like dig them up. And I was like, we're returning these. <laughs> and it was, oh my gosh. I it do was, wonder what to do with them. Do they make like mulch out of them? I or, don't know. You know, I, the circle of life of plants? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't. It, all I know is it was really, it was kind of mortifying. But I was like, you know what? Each plant was like, I don't know, $130 each times six. And I was like, eh, it was kind of worth it. <laughs> do, your, do your deer come out like do you have deer that come out and eat your plants because that happened to me within like four hours i bought these two giant potted flowers and there was like a hundred little flowers that were going to bloom and i put them out and i was so excited the walkway and then it was like 6 p.m at night and i woke up in the morning and a deer had come and clipped every little head Uh, off and i was like you bitches i would have been so mad i would have probably just cried (laughs) never again i've never put a flower outside after that i'm like and put fake ones out. See yeah. like that. Mm. I think you can get like deer deterrent or something, can't you? Yeah. Well, apparently, deer and other animals don't really like like if you get like a sage plant or rosemary or basil or something like that. So if you put stuff out like that, it, it apparently helps. But hmm. you know, then you're just growing like herbs. So. Yeah. Might as well at that point just grow marijuana. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I probably would like that. You never know. <laughs> yeah. All right, Caldwell. Yesterday or the day before, I don't know, all my days are blending. I got one of those like Caldwell targets that is kind of like the swinging targets. And I put the flashbang on it. And I was kind of like wondering how this was going to like how it was going to pan out because I wasn't sure if like, you know, if it was actually the impact that would make that light go off or if, you know, it just swinging back and forth, if it would cause that light to go off. But sure enough, it actually worked really well and it was so much fun. I'm trying to look up the target that I had it on. It was, here we go. It was the portable range kit with the eight inch AR 500 target. I had that set up. I took the new flashbang, which connects to the back of the target and it flashes a bright green light every time there's impact. 
So I wanted to shoot my 22. I initially wanted to shoot it at 200 yards. And then I realized I can't really see the target because it's eight inches. <laughs> so then I was like, all right, we're going to back it up. I think it was like 125 yards. And sure enough, as I was hitting it, it was lighting up and it was like, it was just really fun. And so the portable range kit that I'm talking about is only $115. And you could always, you know, change out that eight inch target whenever, but it was actually just really easy to set up. I set it right there, like set it up right there on the range. And then the flashbang thing that connects to the steel, which is it sticks on the back of it. That's only 30 bucks. And that thing was so fun. Like when I was done, my camera guy, normally, sometimes I'll give my camera guy, you know, certain things. Like when I'm done, I'm like, here, you could have it. Cause I have like so many of it. And he's like, can I have this? Are you going to give this to me when you're done? I ended up giving it to him because I felt bad and I have others. And I figured I'd spread the joy, but it was just, it was so much fun. So yeah, if you guys are like, there's still some time left of summer. And if you guys want to go outside and shoot and have fun, I would highly recommend that combo. And you're talking about under 150 bucks, but then on top of that, you'll use the code gunfunny10 and it's going to get you 10% off your entire order. And it's kind of like a win-win. So that is caldwellshooting.com. I love that because you'd have little competitions and stuff at the house. Yeah. Somewhere- well, it's it was fun because like if you're shooting 22, you can't really hear it hitting the steel. But mm-hmm. when you see that light, so it was like, I was like, man, this light, this thing is like kind of genius. Like yeah, it just, like you know, awesome. yeah, it was it was just a lot of fun. Yeah, I got to try that. That's pretty cool. Especially for your kids, Justin, because you have little kids, right? And so unfortunately, <laughs> and so I'm sure that they probably shoot 22s all the time. And plus, it's just. Shooting a 22 is like, it is fun. I, I don't shoot 22 as often anymore, but I had mine in the Chris Vector and then I had like a can on it. And I was like, man, this is just like a nice setup. The sun was starting to go down and it was like, it wasn't too hot. And I was like, this is actually really enjoyable. Like, this is what I loved, you know, about guns, like getting into it. Cause you know, how sometimes you're like, you get a little jaded where you're like, oh, I got to go to the stupid range or record stupid content. It's fucking hot. And I got the mm-hmm. boob sweat and, you know, my makeup's all melting off, but I got to look good. <laughs> right. Yep. Justin, I'm sure you get it. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. well, I only wear makeup on the weekends. So I don't have to worry about it too much. Oh, okay. <laughs> hiking specifically. Yeah. When you go to the gym. <laughs> yeah. There you go. I got to impress. <laughs> oh my gosh. Stupid. Q&A. There's no such thing as a stupid question. Just kidding. Visit gunfunny.com forward slash contact to submit yours. Okay. So today's question is how are you liking the new stag? Stag uh, recently sponsored my new podcast, Pew Pew Panel. And they sent out... So I already had their three gun AR, but then they also sent out their new edition. It's called Spectrum and it has like, it's either 50 shades of FDE or OGG or gray. So I opted for the FDE one and I'll admit when I first got it, like the receiver set, I was like, this thing looks like mustard. It looks gross. I don't want to shoot it. (laughs) That like funky yellow brown. Yeah. And I was like, cool. Somebody's going to come up to me and ask me if I want ketchup with my mustard. But yeah. uh, actually, like once I got it out to the natural light because it was at the gun store, I was like, OK, this actually looks really good. So I take it back. The color is not ugly and it shoots phenomenal It has an AR gold trigger. 
the I think it's B8B or something muscle break. And that thing was just like right out of the box. I was like, dang, this is actually like a pretty home run gun. And Stag, like, I don't know. I remember Stag like back in the day, I think before they got bought out. And they were always kind of like less expensive rifles, you know, like a good alternative to like a entry level gun. But like now Stag's like really kind of up their game and they have like all these like, you know, upgrades and stuff. And like, yeah, I'm, I've been pretty like impressed with Stag actually. Have you guys shot any of the stag arms like in the last I couple of years? I'm looking at it right now. I wonder why they used a different color for the. I was just going to say that they have improved a ton. Like, because yeah. I'm fairly familiar with those guys, but I'm talking about the mustard color. I actually yeah. like that combo on that rifle. I think it looks super of course cool. You do. So I asked, I, do. I asked somebody at stag, I was like, dude, why is this, why is my receiver set look like mustard? And they were like, we call it colonial mustard. <laughs> yes. I love it. Oh, as soon as you put that word behind it, it's freaking America now. Yeah, exactly. Like I was like, well, when you put it like that, okay, cool. I'm styling. <laughs> patriotic yeah. as hell it was just yellow. it was so fun and i did a mag dump like a few times and i was like dang like i just had a really good range day oh yeah it's got that like smoked mag that's cool yeah so i have i'm sponsored by ets mag so i can only use ets mags if they make the mags but ets just recently came out with their nylon mags and they make an fde so i was like cool like i'm not missing out on but i do like that stag includes like a it's like a translucent mag that's the same color as like whatever series you get. Because I was like, man, I kind of wanted my FDE one. But then when I paired it up with the ETS FDE one, it looked really nice. So yeah, kind of they, those used to like sell out all the time. They were like impossible to find like yeah, eight or something when they came out. I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. All right, Smith & Wesson. I noticed, speaking of stuff that just came out, I noticed that Smith & Wesson just released their Performance Center M&P 10 millimeter. I have their regular 10 millimeter, not the Performance Center one. It kind of looks like the competitor series. It has a long slide with porting in the barrel. It's optic ready, and it also comes with like tall night sights. And then it also comes with two 15 round mags. But best of all, MSRP is 749, which is pretty good, I think, for you know Performance Center gun that you know in 10 millimeter like i kind of i don't know yeah. you can't really beat the price i'm not a big fan of 10 millimeter i don't love shooting it it's not something that i'm like yeah cool i'm gonna go to the range and shoot my 10 milli yeah you know? no <laughs> i mean after a few rounds you're just like all right my hand kind of hurts yeah here take it back you know but i could see if you were you know using it like in this case you'd have to open carry i don't think you'd have the best luck concealing it but if you were just like going hiking or something like 10 millimeter is pretty ideal you know, to protect yourself against animals and such. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Smith & Wesson. I've always loved them. I feel like my hand just fits like perfectly on them. Well, and even if it doesn't, because they have the interchangeable palm swells, you could just change mm -hmm. it out. But for some reason, like I must have medium-sized hands. I mean, I don't have really small hands for a female, but I just like you just right out of the box. Honestly, it fits really well. Like I've, huh. I've always been a really big fan of their handguns. Yeah, I mean, I have like... I have definitely bigger hands than I'm supposed to have for my size. So I've always appreciated it. But like, you know, you never want something that feels like it's going to jump out of your hand. That's not fun. Mm -hmm. Or your pink is off. You're like, oh, my God. I know. I, I will that. say 
I, I do a ton of hiking out here in Idaho and all over, but like the 10 millimeter round is like the most common you'd see for like bear country or um, mountain lions or anything like that. So no, it's, it's definitely a popular round for that. Have you, know, you ever come in, have you ever come in contact with any animals while hiking? Like any like big ones? Yeah. Um, I mean, you got, of course you got the elk and the deer and all that, but we did run into a black bear one time. I used to fight fires in the summertime too. Then we had a black bear walk up on us and we were trying to work. Um, but yeah, it's babies. You're like, Oh my God, please don't be a family. Please don't be a family. I know. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. That would not be good. Peace. I come in peace. <laughs> you know what I really want? Like totally off subject, but I really want like a baby raccoon. Everybody wants those. Did you know, I just found out that you have to have like a specific license or yeah. like a sanctuary to have them. I know. So yeah. I, I had a guest on my show and this person, I won't even say he or she, but they, had a baby raccoon that they rescued. They found it and it was like injured and like it couldn't see and really tiny. So anyways, this person FaceTimed me and I saw the baby and it was like so freaking cute. And it like was like super curious and kind of kept getting into things. Then it was like playing with something. It looked like a cute little like kitty. And now its sight came back and it just seemed like super happy. It was like really cute. But he, she was like, don't tell anybody because I have to have a special license, which they're in the process of getting, but yeah, we have to keep it a secret. But uh, I think it was, it's probably because it was getting so popular. And so they just, you know, yeah. drop the hammer on some people. Yeah. I don't know. What do, you, don't, what do you do with a raccoon when it gets bigger? Well, that's what I was going to say. I'm like, it's all fun and games until kind of like, you know, those mini pigs, how everyone was like wanting a mini pig and jokes yeah. on them because there's no such thing as a freaking mini pig. Like, <laughs> they they still get to be a little over 100 pounds. That's what makes them a mini is they don't become like three to 400 pounds. They stay right. in the, but I'm like, cool. Like <laughs> you have this 100 pound, that happened to my friend and now this pig lives in her backyard and she <laughs> doesn't live like in the middle of nowhere. She lives in town. <laughs> that's hilarious. Well, that's like people that like, I mean, I'm when I say people, I would be this people. But when they take in a little deer and you're like, oh my gosh, it's Bambi. It's yeah. so <laughs> I mean, I'm waiting for the day I can save one. I will. But I guess when they hit a certain age, they get super aggressive. Oh, <laughs> like wow. fun and games till your kid gets bit. You I know. know. Yeah. I adore that. You, yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. I know. I mean, you, you should keep the animals wild, I guess. But some of these are just so freaking cute, especially when they're babies. Ugh. I know. Baby anything's cute. I and know. Then and then they grow up. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised and all you don't have a deer yet. It's all the other animals that you have. There's been a couple that I've gotten like stuck in our yard and the mama was outside like the fence and they couldn't yeah. get in. We we're waiting for that day, but we left the gate open and she finally got her. But there's been a couple instances like that where I'm like, I will save you. I will watch you every day. If you need <laughs> me, I'll come find you. But yeah, I'm not going to step in because there's a lot of animals you're not supposed to even touch if they yeah. still have a family, you know? Yeah, I know. I've tried them. All right. So Tacti Talk. Tacti Talk. Discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now. RMR, HD, and RCR Red Dots introduced from Trigicon. There are two new pistol-mounted Red Dots that are definitely going to be a hit, I think. And I don't really have any, I don't have too many Trigicon optics, actually. I think I only have like two. 
just because they're so freaking expensive, but both are designed to be ultra rugged and address drawbacks for the existing RMR or SRO. The new RMR HD looks very much like a cross between the RMR and SRO. It has the rugged housing design of the RMR, same mounting footprint and a bigger lens like the SRO. So many freaking RMR. I can't even keep up with all these letters. Extreme durability was the one drawback of the SRO, and this has been designed to be a duty optic with a bigger window. It also has a selectable reticle with a standard red dot or full reticle. Also, unlike earlier RMRs, it has a top load battery compartment so that you don't lose your zero, which is a huge plus. But it seems like a lot of uh, red dots are actually moving towards that now, too. It's waterproof for 20 meters and has customizable auto brightness settings. The RCR is very similar, but it has an enclosed emitter. It's built like even more of a tank, like the legendary ACOG. If it were, I guess, shrunk down to fit on a pistol slide. The RCR is multi-platform friendly with no additional plates. It has a patent mounting system that lets you direct mount it to any RMR compatible mount. Like you have to see it, I guess, to understand it, but... You start one screw, you slide the RCR over and the started screw, and then tighten both screws for both holes on the side. This way, the screw heads are completely recessed in the housing and adds no height for an adapter. And then that also has a top load battery. The only downfall is MSRP is $849 for both of these, and they're supposed to be available later this year, which is like Mm -hmm. kind of a lot for a red dot. Like, I feel like back in the day, it was like, okay, you kind of just like, you know, buy once, cry once. But like now with like all the other competition out there, like you can still get some pretty decent stuff where you're not yeah. like paying an arm. You gotta, be pretty, you gotta be pretty committed to something to drop a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, well, especially if like your gun's a thousand dollars and now you have to spend something or even if your gun's even let's say MSRP, like five, 600 bucks, you're spending more on the optic than your gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm a huge Trigger Punk fanboy. You are? Cool. I cannot wait. for. So the RCR is going to be something super cool. It looks kind of boxy if you look at a picture of it. Like it's a little kind of, I just, it's different looking than most of your like red dots. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you have the ACOG, which I think is unmatched with a lot of things. Putting that in almost like a pistol form is super unique and cool. Um, Mm. I will absolutely be one of those buying at MSRP (laughs) just to try it out. (laughs) <laughs> so after it comes out, we'll just, we'll ask Justin, what he thinks? Yeah. <laughs> and maybe we'll be like, Hey, can we, um, maybe like, uh, borrow your red dot maybe cause we're poor. <laughs> oh, look who showed up. Yeah. yeah. We're over here with our Hollison and then, you know, Miss Fancy Pants over here is going to be like, look at my, my new Trichicon. I'm like, okay, <laughs> cool. That'll be my one new thing for the whole year though. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Make it worth it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I do think that there is something to be said about like buying once, crying once. Like the older I get, the more I'm just like, man, because even like my landscaping, for example, and I know I keep talking about plants, but I'm telling you it's because my days like, I'm just so pissed off about my stupid tree dying, but my landscaping, for example. So I moved to a brand new house, brand new area. Like it's all brand new and I had to pay for the landscaping. I also designed it and I would have, I typically have good taste, but like apparently I don't have good taste, like designing landscaping because I hate it. But everyone initially quoted me like 50,000. And then I finally got a few companies. It was like average of 30,000. 
Mm-hmm. And which is like a lot of money to drop on just landscaping. And now that I hate it and I'm like, okay, well maybe we can extend the concrete out here, move this tree. And I'm like, cool. How much am I going to, by the time everything's all said and done, I, not to say that I guess I would have actually had better landscaping if I paid the 50,000, but sometimes it is just kind of, you know, easier just to pay and like be done with it versus just keep, you know, yeah. going back and trying to. It can go both ways. I mean, I've, I've definitely seen it go both ways where you're like, even if you can afford the big number, you can still be let down, which is unfortunate. Yeah, but, that's And true. that's when it's like horrible then because then you're like, I paid all this money and it's still not right. And you're like, I don't even know where to go from here. And now yeah. I just feel used and abused. And then suddenly you're on Pinterest DIY and stuff or looking at fake plants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is so true. Okay, AF segment. Stupid, funny, cool, interesting, awesome, as f- Never mind. AF. This is an interesting story. I'm surprised it actually hasn't gotten more, like, I don't know, more uh, acknowledgement, I guess. Well, if you're in the D.C. area and have ever wanted a chance at an affordable property in the upscale Georgetown neighborhood, there's a listing right now that you could check out. An average price in the fancy neighborhood would usually be around $1.6 million, but last month, a realtor listed a property for only $50,000. Photos yeah. showed a building with apartments in it, which definitely didn't make sense at that price, especially since this is a really nice neighborhood. It's close to the riverfront, has a bunch of trendy shops and restaurants nearby. Prospective buyers got really excited until they figured out what the deal was. The listing says... Own a piece of Georgetown. This wall is located at 30 and M Northwest. The opportunities just are the limitless. Wall. Yeah. It's just the wall. Yeah, but it's actually not even the full wall. So <laughs> I had a look and like, because I was like reading what my editor wrote and I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. So it's like literally a section of the wall. It's one foot by 22 feet long. So it's not even the entire like facade of a building. It's, it's just, like a privacy wall. Yeah. And, what would you do with it? Just visit it? Okay, so, yeah, I have no idea. I'm like, yeah, like, that's my wall. Look right there. Yeah, put your name on it. There it is. <laughs> and then on top of that, it's also actually in really bad shape, and it's starting to crumble, which is why Alan Berger, he wants to sell it. He's the owner. His neighbor, Daniela Walses, uh, has been complaining about leaks from the wall into her apartment and has been trying to get him to repair it. Alan accused her of stabbing him in the back after going to the city, which fined him $1,661 for improper upkeep. The neighbor offered to buy it from him for like the attacks assessed a value of $600, but he wants more. And the neighbor says she can't afford to pay that for a wall needing $25,000 in repair, which, okay, how does a wall that size, unless it's maybe the entire wall? It's oh probably God. the entire wall, right? But still, $25,000 repair. Be. But also, at what point do you sell a wall by itself? Like, the wall well, has no purpose. How did this wall even get to, like, how was it even available for sale in the first place? And yeah, how do like you if not... I lived there and somebody was selling the wall but didn't want to fix it, I'd be like, am I living in, like, Crazyville? Well, especially the wall that's right next to your apartment. It's, like, literally, like, on the other side of your apartment. Yeah, I'd be like, it doesn't make any sense for someone else to own this wall. So, but like... What? <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. Essentially, because I'm like, okay, how did this guy even get it? 
he inherited from his father who like, I guess, bought it decades ago for pennies just so that he could say, I own property in Georgetown. Oh my I'm God. Like, I don't know what's going through. I mean, I guess if it's just pennies, but I don't know how much it would have been back then and how long ago, how many decades we're talking about. But yeah, so there actually was a few serious like buyers. They were like, well, you know, it could be used for advertising. You know, they could put up an ad and it's prime space, but I guess that actually would have to get approved. And yeah, so that wasn't, it couldn't even be used for that. That so, is yeah. so weird. Yep. Welcome to America. <laughs> Yeah. How, how did he even get, how did he appraise that to $25,000 or whatever he's trying to ask for? Like, how it's, did he come up with that? It's 50000 So maybe, oh. maybe he figured that it cost 25000 Well, I don't know, actually, because, yeah, he would pocket the full 50000 and it still would need the repairs. I have no right. idea. That's that interesting. So weird. Well, also, I mean, so if, if somebody, like, if you got a loan for, like, from a bank for it, that bank, correct me if I'm wrong, but that bank won't actually loan you the money unless it's actually appraised within that. Isn't that right? Yeah. Is yeah. That how yeah it's it's got to have appraisal. Yeah. yeah. So is this wall attached to the building or not attached? It is. It's attached. So people that own or rent inside can touch that wall? Like that is yeah. one of their walls? Yeah. It's so weird. They're it like, is. that is not mine. That wall is not mine. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, yeah, these walls, these three walls are mine. That wall, no, that one's That's not what mine. we're coming down to. You have to like make sure in the description you get all four walls, not right? just three. I know. Four. Sounds like they should just move to Texas. <laughs> yeah, Texas would be like, that's stupid. <laughs> all right. So last sponsor of the show, Franklin Armory. Have you guys ever shot binary triggers? Yes. yes. It's so much fun, right? So much fun. But it's not fun if you don't know that it's that. I feel like, yeah, some people don't. Why? Has anybody ever given you a gun? They're like, here, shoot this. And you're just like, I guess you would kind of have oh. to. Yeah. It just makes you wonder, like when people just hand stuff to people and yeah. you're like, oh, I hope they know. That would actually be kind of a funny video, I guess, somewhat to record to make sure that obviously the person is going to be safe, but. Um, yeah. not realizing that like the release of the trigger is also going to shoot out another round. <laughs> yeah, Cause it's like, you know, when only, <gasps> I don't know, you know, it yeah. just, a lot can go wrong. <laughs> yeah. I know. One of the triggers that I'm most excited about is the 22 dash C1, which is for the Ruger 1022. Like, you know, just a few minutes ago talking about shooting 22s. Like it's like, one of those things that you forget how fun it is and you're like, oh, I don't know why I don't shoot more 22s, but imagine shooting in binary mode. That would be so much fun. And then on top of that, yes, they have 22 Plinksters edition, which is just a drop in unlike the other one. So it makes it like super easy to install. If you guys want to check it out, franklinarmory.com. Don't forget to use the code AVA, A-V-A, and that gets you 10% off. And now it's time to wrap up. Uh, we do have reviews. Thank you guys for leaving it. First one is Love and Frustration, uh, from Love and Frustration, titled Leaving a Review as Requested, Five Stars. Enjoyed your birthday podcast. I usually watch on YouTube, but glad to give some support here. Also, don't be in such a rush to grow up. Try to just enjoy yourself and keep smiling, AJ. And then second is Mr. Cupcake 57, 
titled The Only Gun Theme Podcast Worth Listening to, Five Stars. The only podcast that will make you not only a better shot, but a better citizen. Ava's guests are always at the top of their game. Ava always asks the right questions. All right, so this is going to be tough because I want you guys to pick either the first or the second to win a prize pack, but hopefully you guys like are in agreement. <laughs> unless, I don't know, unless one of you guys just wants to pick a winner. Go for it, Noel. Oh, no. I don't want to be on... What? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the pressure's on. I say you pick Justin. What? Yeah, the mm-hmm. first, the first or the second, Justin. Come on. Um, okay, have, let's go can we with... just hurry up? I have a dead tree to attend to. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. Let's. Okay, the first one wins. <laughs> All right. Love and frustration. So, AJ, go ahead and send me a good mailing address at gunfunny.com click on the contact us form if you guys have any questions for me or anything like that again just head on over to gunfunny.com if you want to support the show consider becoming a patreon and you get access to our patreon only facebook group which is a lot of fun also thanks to the 25 dollars patreons who are corbin bonafide say holsters Daniel Treadwell, Keith Calamore, Daniel Lee, Nick Theodosian, Tristan Smith, Melissa Ridings, and Will Nave. And then King of the Patreon is still Jon Snow. And Justin, Noel, thank you so much for joining me. Can you guys just remind people once again what True Caliber's website is, where True Caliber can be found, you know, on social media, as well as your social media handles? Get it, Justin. Like you said, yeah, so True Caliber <laughs> website's just truecaliber.com. Social medias are just at True Caliber for Instagram and Facebook. And mine is just at, at the Justin Graves. I love that. The Justin Graves. I want to change mine to the Noel Best. I know. It's kind of like <laughs> the real Ava Flav. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna, that's what I'm going to change it to. Not Ava Flynn, I'll Ava Flav. Do it. it. Yeah. And then Noel, yours is just Noel Best. Yes, it's at Noel underscore best for all handles. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. And Mm -hmm. on that note, guys, I will talk to you next week. Sounds perfect. Happy birthday, Coast Guard. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Happy birthday, Coast Guard. Want to send feedback? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.